Good evening. Wow, that's loud. Good evening, everyone. Are you full? Yeah. All right, good. Well, thank you for coming. We're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to say a word of prayer. Um, for anyone who needs child care, there's children in room one from eight, babies all the way up to age four can come back there. Anyone who has older kids who would like it, Tony put some um, children's bulletin and coloring books and stuff at the back. If they would like any of that, it's on the table where the offering box sits. Um, I'm going to uh, do a quick prayer, but I'd also like to introduce David real quick. We met him at church camp a number of years ago, 2000, you thought 10? 2010, right before he left for the mission field. He's a missionary to Latvia, and he will fill you in a little bit about that and where that's at. I want you to pray for David. He's been having some health issues lately, and they believe he may have even had a, is it okay that I share that? <laughs> a mini stroke, <laughs> a mini stroke just within the last week or so. So keep him in your prayers. Um, Satan, it seems like throughout, I should have warned you because it seems like Satan has been under the attack ever since we announced this. So but let's say a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this evening. Thank you for a chance to fellowship. Thank you for David being willing to come out and to travel here and to share the gospel with us. Uh, thank you for his mission field. I ask that you would bless him in that and be with the people that he ministers to. Uh, be with us these next three or four nights. Um, allow this time to be one that honors you and revives our hearts as we seek you. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Uh, we are meeting, as we had mentioned before, the next two nights at 6.30. Um, Heidi, was there anything else I'm missing there? Is that good? All right. Well, Dave's going to come up, and he's also going to do praise and worship tonight and the next couple of nights. And as we had mentioned before, the next two nights, Rich Day uh, from Indianapolis, who we have met through church camp. We absolutely love him. He's preaching the next two nights as well. Actually, I think Wednesday as well. So um, I actually just serve or seek the Lord in this time, and uh, David's going to lead us in worship, so worship together. That's nothing. This morning I was a guest at Cary Chapel of uh, Lima, Ohio, and like you didn't know that, right? And <laughs> and uh, the pastor's wife was sitting at the sound, and she tripped, and all of it fell right on my guitar. The guitar, you know, came crashing down. And I'm like, oh, my baby, you know, and I look at it and like, oh, I got new marks on my guitar. You know? So when that happened, I'm like, oh, no, you know. I am so glad to be with you. The last time I was with you all was in uh, May of 2009, I think Memorial Day weekend, actually. And uh, tonight, I thought, you know, we have such a wide range of people here of age that I thought it would be great to kind of do worship songs and hymns. How many were raised with hymns? Oh, great. Okay. How many remember the old, old choruses from the 70s and 80s? And maybe the 90s, okay. <laughs> and how many know the songs of today, you know? Okay. So tonight, I, I hope that we can join in worshiping the Lord by doing, I feel like a radio station, the best of the 80s, 90s, and the first century, you know? <laughs> you know? So, um, and how many really enjoyed dinner tonight? And how many know you really can't sing on a full stomach? <laughs> I'm like, that's why... I didn't eat that much because I, I did. I wouldn't be singing very much. So, All right. So how about we just stand for our first song or our first two songs if we can. 
if you're able to. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy work shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Holy, 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 the first verse. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, Blessed Trinity. You may be seated if you like. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heirs of salvation, purchased of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior. All the day long, this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story. This is my story, 
This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior. All the day long, and we cry, Holy, 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 we cry, Holy, 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 we cry, Holy, 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 is the Lamb. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. Cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lamb. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of mercy and love at the feet. Of Jesus, we cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lamb? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, and worship His holy name. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, and worship His holy name. Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name master savior 
Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name. Your master, savior, Jesus, you're like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer. Jesus, name above all names, beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living to see Jesus to reach out and touch him and say that I love him open my ears Lord and help me to listen. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Let's go ahead and skip through the other two songs. Oh, and go ahead and skip through that one, too. Um, last year, my parents celebrated 50 years of marriage. And I know it's actually really a miracle because after the first five years, they wanted to get a divorce. And then my mother met the Lord in 1972 and she began to pray up a storm for all of us to get saved, and we did. And, well, 50 years later, they're still married. So on December 31st in 2014, my sister calls me up in Latvia and says, what is the possibility of you coming to America to surprise our parents for their 50th anniversary, which takes place in 17 days from now? January 16th, you know. Now, for those who don't know, flying to America from Latvia or from Latvia to America or whatever is not cheap. Usually your ticket is 1600 and plus. Okay, yeah. And so I said, well, uh, it kind of depends on the airfare. So I went online and to my shock and amazement found a round-trip ticket from Latvia to Los Angeles for $800. Never seen it. So immediately I grabbed the ticket and called my sister up and said, I got the ticket. And she said, good. Now let's not tell them you're coming. We're going to surprise them. So for the next few days, we are cooking up how we're going to do this. Um, And so I decided to make a video. And uh, I was going to post it online the day of their anniversary when, in reality, I recorded it on January 5th. And I recorded it at nighttime. So I fly into California. And by this time, I'm only one hour away from my parents. And um, um, we get to the hotel, and I decide to call my mom and dad up, and I use my Latvian telephone number to think, you know, that I'm calling from Latvia. Now, understand, in morning time in California, it's really evening time in Latvia. So I timed it just right. So I get on the phone, and I start yawning really obviously. You know, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Oh, what you doing today? Happy anniversary, you know. And I'm trying so hard not to laugh, knowing that I'm just an hour away from them, Okay. And, um, you know, I asked how are they're doing and, you know, well, what's dad going to do for you? And, you know, on this 50th anniversary, eh, 
didn't know your father. Take me to McDonald's, you know. So I told him, well, I just posted this video just now, you know, here in Latvia. So don't forget to check it out. And uh, hanging up the phone. And I'm laughing, thinking they have no clue that I'm in the States one hour away from them. So um, the day of the, of the anniversary celebration, um, I have to stay hidden for three hours. Do you know how hard that is for an attention deficit hyperactivity disordered person to stand still long enough? Okay. So imagine being hidden in a little booth with only a peephole. And you're watching people come in. You're watching people nibble on food and you're hungry, you know. And, and so I'm watching, you know, watch my parents greet the, the, the guest and all that. Now, what we planned was the DJ was going to play this song that I sent them. When in reality, I'm behind the door with a microphone singing it live. And so I was just going to sing a little bit of it and then stop. And then he was going to pretend that he was going to adjust the soundboard, that something went wrong. And, and, uh, uh, and then I would come out and surprise them. Now, what was really cool is I actually kept a video journal of all this of my behind the scenes of Mike and Mary's anniversary. So they actually recorded me coming out. Plus they took pictures and the reaction of my father and my mother is priceless because they were not expecting me at all. And, uh, so I wrote this song for my mom and dad. My mom and dad met at a high school dance in 1962. And I kind of kept that idea about dancing because my mom and dad love to dance even now in their well, my mom will be 70 now this coming December. But they still like to, to dance when they can. And, and so I kind of used this analogy of the dance. And I wrote this for them. And, uh, oh, he's already moving through the words. And I haven't even sung them yet. Um, so why don't you move back? And I'm going to try to sing the song. I feel a little buzzy up here, which is weird. So it's, it's like being on Brynadil or something. This is called We Have Dances Dance. Seems like yesterday that we first met On the dance floor in 1962 Fifty years have now come to pass Since that day I married you We have dancing sunny days We have danced in the pouring rain We have danced with laughter and with tears Fifty years we've danced this dance
We dance with wonder with the birth of our son. We dance with happiness with our daughter. We dance with joy when we met the one who has kept us together. We have danced in sunny days. We have danced in the pouring rain. We have danced with laughter and with tears. Fifty years we've danced this dance. Now the music has changed the pace. As we've entered now our golden age. Come with me to the dance floor. Let us dance this night away. Come, let's dance and celebrate. The fifty years the Lord gave. Come with me to the dance floor. Let us dance this night away. Come, let's dance and celebrate. The fifty years the Lord gave. Come, let's dance. To the dance floor, let us dance this night away. Come, let's dance to the dance floor. Let us dance this night away. There's like tons of pictures after this one. Well, a little bit about myself. Um, I was born and raised in Southern California, which is why I still have my Californian tan. Some of you got that. <laughs> oh, now the thing went off. And, um, okay. And I began my walk with the Lord back in 1972. I was six years old when I got saved. I got saved in Sunday school in first grade. I heard the gospel my teacher shared how Jesus was our lamb that had to be slain to take away our sins. You see, we were learning about the Passover. And she was able to connect the Passover story, how the Israelites had to take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorframe of the house because God was coming down with the last judgment, which is the death of the firstborn. And she talked about how Jesus was our lamb that was slain for us and, and that we need the blood of Jesus over our heart's door. 
And the reason why that story hit me really hard was I was the firstborn in my family. And I thought, well, if it happened to those people in Egypt, it's going to happen to me if I don't get saved. So that's how I got saved was because of that story. So I opened my heart up to the Lord in 1972 and been walking with the Lord for 44 years. Uh, not that I've walked perfectly, believe me, I haven't. And um, began recording music back in the mid-80s, recorded for 27-plus years, and released, um, been able to travel uh, all over the world, preaching and singing for Jesus, became an ordained minister in 2001, and wrote a book about what's life like with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and how the Lord helped me deal with it and live with it and use it for his kingdom. Um, it's been amazing how God can take someone who couldn't stay focused long enough in school and yet throw them in the mission field, right? <laughs> and um, I first came to Latvia in the summer of 2008, eight years ago, and I went back in 2010 to do another week-long ministry, and I ended up going again the same year in November to do a three-month short-term mission trip. Yeah, that was my idea. Next slide, please. For those who don't know where Lafayette is, because I got a lot of questions today asking, is that in South America? <laughs> you know? Lafayette is that little red dot on the screen. It is up in Europe, North Europe or Northeastern Europe. Next slide, please. It is off the Baltic Sea. Our neighboring countries are Estonia to the north, Russia to the east, Belarus straight south, Lithuania southwest. Across the Baltic Sea, you will find Finland, Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. Next slide, please. And I call Latvia the Indiana of Europe because we are literally right in the middle of everything. On our right-hand side, eastward, is Russia. And how many know what's been going on with Russia? How many are aware of what's going on in the news, that the tension that we're having with Russia, with, you know, not only in Syria and the American troops, but Ukraine and Georgia? We, I once asked one of our host directors if... Putin would invade Latvia because we're right on the border. And he made this comment. It's not if he will invade, it's when he will invade. Because Putin made it known when he came into power the first time in 2001 or 2000 that he wanted to reclaim the Baltic states again, which is Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, because we're right off the Baltic Sea. You know, notice in Ukraine... Um, Ukraine's right off the Black Sea because Russia's kind of landlocked. So here we got Russia on our doorstep and a lot of hostility. And then, of course, more eastward, you got North Korea and that problem that you guys are facing here. South of us, you got Belarus, Ukraine, and then the Black Sea, and then you come right into the Middle East, Syria. Well, you got ISIS below us. West of us, well, you got Poland, Germany, and France. To me, that's like being in Ohio, then Indiana, Illinois. 
you know, when you hear about what happens in Europe, like how many remember or heard about what happened in Germany in the summer or France in November or even this year, the terrorist attacks? When you, when you guys hear it here in America, I, I kind of think you have this, oh, it's over there. When I hear it, it's over here. Like I said, it's almost like being in Ohio and hearing something happen in Wisconsin because you can get to Wisconsin easily by taking the 80, you know, straight up 94. And so when I hear things like what happened in France or Germany, that's just a two-hour plane ride away from us. That's just a 12-hour car drive from us. So we got that on the west of us. So we're literally right in the middle of the situation. How many notice that the world, there's a lot of hot spots in the world today? You know, it's just, it's really interesting to live in these days and to literally see everything just so tensed out that all we need is just one thing to break and that's it. it we're just so tensed out. I mean, here in America, I've been amazed how far our country's gone, but it's not gone the right direction. Am I correct in saying that? I, I mean, living in Laffer for the last six years, I've sat and watched my country slide so much that at times when I come back to it, I don't recognize it anymore. It's like, when did wrong become right and right become wrong? You know, it, it just blows my mind, you know. And what's amazing in Europe, they're more worried about our elections than we are, which I found it very interesting. So, but enough of the bum news. Let's go with some good news. Okay, what I'm doing there. Next slide, please. I've been there now for six years. Like I said, it was supposed to be just a three-month short-term mission trip. How many know that when you make plans, God loves to rearrange them for you? (laughs) And when you follow him and it happens, you don't mind him changing your life? Okay. I help out at a school called Streaky Primary School. Uh, It used to teach from one to ninth grade. Now it teaches one to sixth grade. And we are literally in the same area like this. We're out in the country. We're a country school. And we're one of the rare country schools that are still open. A lot of the schools that are country schools in Lafayette have closed because there's just not enough kids coming there. We are a public school, but the principal is an on-fire Christian who has asked the parents' permission if she can bring Christian education and morning devotions. And to her shock and amazement, they said yes. Even the atheist parents said yes. Because many of them were raised under the Soviet Union, occupation and oppression. And she was telling me during our upbringing, we were told from first grade on up, there is no God. The government will take care of you. You want to be like Uncle Lenny. You want to be like Joseph Stalin. Those were our idols we wanted to be like. But... God? No, he didn't exist. And so we were taught to believe, not to believe. And so she said, therefore, I want the young generation to at least hear about Jesus Christ. So for over 10 years, there's been morning devotions going on at the school. And I lead the morning devotions on Friday. My role there is I'm kind of like a substitute teacher, although I'm not a teacher at all. I have no credentials in teaching. But because I speak English, and they teach English at a very young age, they start teaching English in first grade, um, she likes that the students can practice their English with me. 
Plus, she says, you're also a male. Most teachers there are women. And how many know that junior high boys can get pretty honorary? Yeah. So now there's, a, there's another guy there that pushes back, you know. So she likes it that, that I'm there for the kids. And a lot of these kids, Lapia has become known as a fatherless nation. Many of the kids don't even know who their dads are. Or some of the kids wish they didn't know who their dads were. Alcoholism is pretty prevalent in Latvia. And so sometimes when I hear about a kid's background, I I sit there bewildered that the kid comes to school after leaving a, a terrible home situation. Or... Some kids, their parents aren't even there. They're in different countries trying to earn money, and they're in the home by themselves. So when I'm at the school, I greet each student at the front door by name, shake their hands, and look at them. And I look at this as at least they know there is one adult that has acknowledged them and cares for them and will know that, that I'm there for them. Next slide, please. The school just celebrated 140 years of serving the country of Streaky. We recently changed our educational program to where we're now we're doing the Montessori-style teaching, which is very hands-on. And because of that, we're now drawing students from the town and from the city. When this school was ready to close in 2001, they only had 34 students left. We now have a hundred and at maximum room there's no room left to bring any more in so so my job here at the school is to be a role model of a christian role model because again a lot of kids don't go to church when i do the morning devotions on friday that's probably the most church they're ever going to get is that one 10 minute every friday so the one neat thing about that school is we've had many guest teachers from other countries and other parts of the Latvia come and visit us. And the first thing they've said to us is, there's something different about this school. Your kids are different. And I told one teacher from Turkey, what makes this school different is we welcome God back into the school. That's what we did. We have morning devotions, and we do have atheist students. There are kids that are first grades that do not believe in God. But I've come to believe and seeing that God's word really does affect people. God himself says his word does not go out void. And so when we share the word of God, even though the kids may not believe in God, the word still gets in there and kind of modifies the behavior. You know, we just noticed that. Um, How many of you are old enough to remember when there was prayer in school? Any of you remember when there was prayer in school or you said the Lord's prayer every day? Yeah. We do that. We, we get to do that. And what a difference. Because even the laughing government has been checking our school out like, what makes you different, you know? Of course, we can't tell them why, but, you know, yeah, we kind of have to keep it on the down low with them, you know. So I'm really glad that the Lord's put me there at this school and that I've been a part of this school now for six years. Next slide, please. I also serve at St. Gregory's Mission Center, St. Gregory's Mission Center was started in 1995. After the Soviet Union crumbled in uh, Eastern Europe, 
a lot of churches got filled with people, but there were no pastors to lead them. Could you imagine a church with wall-to-wall people, standing room only, and no one there to preach? But that's what was happening. So St. Gregory's was started to, to help teach people to be missionaries in their own villages, towns, countrysides. And so they've been doing that for 20 years now. Now we are a retreat conference center. And it's with the Lutheran Church, which is funny because I wasn't raised Lutheran. And it's funny, the Lord placed me in the Lutheran Church in Latvia. I have to wear the whole getup. Understand, I'm ordained through Calvary Chapel. And so I laugh because the first time I wore the stupid robe, I was tripping all over the place. I mean, girls, ladies, how do you walk in long dresses? Most of all, how do you use the restroom? That's what always gets me, you know. I mean, the first time I was in this church, it's very somber. I mean, the churches in Europe are very high church traditional. We're talking smells and bells, and we're talking it's so somber, you're wondering if the casket's going to roll in any minute. It's just very somber. And so, yet the Lord opened the door where I'm being asked to preach in these churches. And I, I laughed because I thought, good grief, you know, here's this coward chapel dude in this robe and big, huge cross and swinging this stuff. And, you know, but what did Paul say? If you're in Rome, kind of thing, you know. And I laughed because I, I am so not Lutheran, you know. I, I break all the rules because in when they have communion, the pastors face the altar and do this whole long litany, literature, literature, liturgy, you know. And I won't. I'll turn and face the people. In fact, the first time I did that, they, everyone gasped, you know, like I was breaking tradition, you know. But what's interesting, because I faced the people and refused to face the altar, people were crying. And they said, one person came up to me and said, we have gone to this church for ages, and we've gone through communion service. But when you turned and looked at us and did the words of institution and looked at us in our eyes, it hit us. He did this for me. So what's interesting, I find myself being an evangelist in these Lutheran churches in Lafayette, Germany, Sweden. It's just amazing, you know, because I I teach just like Pastor James does, verse by verse, line by line. You know, I follow their liturgy or their um, daily readings. I just pick it out and and put a message together. Of course, they're only used to 15 minutes, so i got to cram everything in 15 minutes. But you should see the mouse drop when I start teaching from the Word. Simply teaching God's word. And, I mean, people just shaking their heads. And one, you can even see the mouth, that's in the Bible, you know. And, um, you know, so in many ways, I, I feel like God's kind of put me in, you know, as an evangelist, ministering in these historical churches that um, have been built 1212 A.D. And, you know, they have no sound system, no heaters, no air conditioning. And yet the Lord's got me in there preaching the gospel. And for many times, it's almost for the first time for many of these churches. So definitely keep me in prayer that the Lord opens more doors for me to preach the gospel unashamedly in these churches. Next slide, please. And besides ministry in churches, the Lord opens doors for me to do concert ministry and speaking ministry. Um, I've 
been just, just been surprised how the Lord's opened doors for me to do lectures and and seminars and concerts and music festivals um, all over Europe now. It just it's very humbling that the Lord would take this folk singer from Indiana and send them all over the world now. And uh, so I've just been really blessed to to sing the gospel. In fact, it's really neat to sing in a country that doesn't understand your language. Because I watched the Holy Spirit work. I remember I sang How Great the Art in English. And the people were bawling their eyes out. And this one lady comes up to me with a translator. I could not understand one word you said, but I felt it. I felt it. I could feel what you were singing. I had another incident where I was ministering to a, a group of Norwegian. And again, I sang in English. And this Norwegian guy comes up to me and said, understand, we do not show our emotions. We do not cry. But you started to minister. You started to sing. And I was bawling my eyes out. Even though I understood half of what you said, I just was moved by the Spirit. So I'm really convinced that the Holy Spirit can take what you have and do something with it. You know, I look at what Jesus did with the boy's fish and bread. What did he do with what that boy's lunch? He multiplied it and fed 5,000 plus people. So I've, I've seen God take this folk singer from Indiana who can sing in English and send him to Germany and Slovakia and Romania and Estonia and sing in English and watch people get touched by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you're blown away that God did something with you through you. Because you realize, well, it's definitely not me doing this. Amen? Amen. Next slide. Oh, yeah. I just told you that. Next slide. Um, I first went to Latvia through East European Mission Network, where we do what's called English Bible Camp. We teach conversational English using the Bible as a textbook, and we are invited by the public schools. Can you imagine that? We are in public school in Slovakia, Estonia. We've been asked to come to Albania. We were in Russia, but that kind of closed on us this year. But here we are in a classroom with the Bible, teaching conversational English, and we're able to talk about Jesus and use him as an English example. Isn't that amazing? You know, this year I was supposed to go to Russia, but Russia is changing dramatically. When Russia opened up her doors in 1991, when the Soviet Union crumbled, it seemed like they were open to new ideas. They also, McDonald's were popping up everywhere in Russia and Pizza Hut and Pepsi and Coca-Cola products were coming in. But in the last few years, it's been closing its doors. In fact, in 2008, I was a guest preacher at my own home church in Indianapolis and I made this comment, you know, after the Soviet Union crumbled, a lot of uh, end-time prophets, uh, end-time prophecy teachers began to wonder, maybe we were wrong about Russia because they're open now. And, you know, we were convinced, you know, Gog and Magog, that that might be Russia. But apparently, maybe we got it wrong. And I said, oh, no, you're not wrong. What do bears do in winter season? Hibernate. Winter is over. And that bear is waking up. 
This past summer, Putin passed a law that forbids any evangelism of any kind to take place. Meaning, you cannot have a Bible study in your home. You cannot share the gospel on the street. You cannot even email anyone about the gospel. You are forbidden to share unless you are in the Orthodox Church. You may not share the gospel freely anymore. This past week, a Baptist pastor has to go to court because he held a Baba study in his home. The KGB came in. They didn't even knock. They just walked right in. They waited till the service was over, and then they grilled him for two and a half hours and then fined him. Uh, This huge amount of money says you broke the law. It's forbidden to have Baba studies in your home. Russia is closing their doors. Our missionaries are now worried you know, what are we going to do? A lot of churches that are not Russian Orthodox meet in storefront buildings or in homes. But see, that's now illegal. Russia is closing her doors. And we're really concerned about what's going to happen now. So so we're not sure if we're going to be able to go to Russia next year for Bible camp or not. So just keep us in prayer. Next slide, please. Like I said, I first went to Lafayette in 2008 with the English Bible Camp. And um, when I was assigned my classroom, I was given the third grade class. And I wrote the organization and I said, you got this totally wrong. Um, I speak to adults, college age, high schoolers. Maybe junior hires, but what am I going to do with a bunch of third graders? We're sorry. It's what happens. It's, it's locked. We can't change it. So I knew I had to change my attitude because I couldn't go to Lafayette all grumpy because I was getting a bunch of third graders. But, you know, I've come to realize that when God plans your life, there are reasons why he places you in situations that you may not understand at that moment in time. In this third grade class... There would be a young boy that would drive me baddies. How many remember Dennis the Menace? Okay. That's what I had. Dennis the Menace. He picked on me. He pestered me. Not during the lesson. He was good during lessons. But every time lesson ended, oh, my gosh, this kid was just pestering me, teasing me, bugging me. And I'm like, what is with you, kid? What do you want? You know, actually, I thought he didn't like me. And so um, he kept pestering me all week and bugging me. And, and, you know, I even asked the teachers, you know, what's his problem? You know, what does he want? Why is he, does he not like me or what? The last day of Bible camp on Friday, the students brought gifts for their American teachers. And so here comes this boy with a bag. And my thought was great. He's got a frog in that bag, knowing him the way he's acted all week. So I decided to open his gift last. I get to his gift, put my hand in there waiting for the frog to come out and pull out this beautiful handmade table runner. I unfolded it and looked at it and looked at the boy and he gives me this look, what's up kind of thing, you know, the smirk look, you know. And I'm shocked because all the other gifts were just flowers and candy. There's also a card in there. I pull out the card. 
And in big, huge letters, I love you and his name. And I looked at the kid again, same smirk. And right then and there, that kid shot an arrow to my heart and captured my heart. Next slide, please. That kid would end up being my translator in 2014. Oh, but it gets better than that. Next slide. Christoph's Mihailishans. When I went back to Latvia in 2010, he was at the school that was helping. And the principal arranged it for me to stay with Christoph and his sister and mom because the heat went out in my apartment. And this was in December, dead of winter. How many of you guys have winters here in, in Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your winters are tamed compared to Latvia. We are in the same latitude as Anchorage, Alaska, okay? So um, so she arranged it for me to stay with Kristup and his sister Liga. And I noticed that they loved their mom, but they didn't listen to their mom. But they listened to me. And I asked the mom, do you want any help with your kids? And she begged me, yes, please, please, please. So I set up rules for the house, which they hated. But I was going to stick to my guns, you know. One rule is we were going to eat together at the table. Because every meal, we were always scattered. Second rule, they were going to clean up the table and do the dishes. Mom does the cooking, you can do the dishes. Third rule, homework was done immediately after dinner, no longer at 12 o'clock at night, you know. And fourth rule, bedtime is now 10, not 12, 1 or 2, you know, when they wanted to go to bed. And I realized that for these rules to take place, I need to be there a lot. By February, the month I'm supposed to come home to America, I realized I can't leave. On February 14th, Valentine's Day, Titanic is shown in Latvia. Every Valentine's Day, they show Titanic. It's kind of funny. He's like, that's the big holiday movie is watching the boat go down and Jack die, you know. (laughs) But it's a romance story, you know. But my kids, the kids came up to me and made cards by hand, hand them to me, both kissed me. We went to sit down to watch the Titanic go down for the fifth time, you know. Both kids arm in arm, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, there is no way I can leave these kids. Their biological dad already did that to them. If I leave now, what happens? Because I've been in their life every day now for three months. Literally every day, I can't do this to them. So I immediately applied for a residence permit to stay. Because I stayed, Kristaps' grades, which were shaky and questionable, started going up. His attitude changed. In fact, in August of 2011, when I was going to come back to America to raise support, he hugs me. Thank you for everything you've done for my family. Thank you for feeding us, clothing us, for being so good to my mom, 
my sister and me, but most of all, thank you for being my father. Next slide. He graduated in 2014. And I told him, if you graduate from Streaky School, my gift to you will be America, a gift to a trip to America. And he came with me to America two years ago. Next slide, please. Christop is my oldest son now. There is no papers that says I officially adopted him, but to everyone, the schools, the town, the village, and the extended family, they know me as Christop and Liga's dad. They said they respond to you as dad. In our book, you're the dad. You have been raising them. Your dad. He's now 18, an adult. He's bigger than me. I can fit underneath his chin now. He's a big football player type guy. And he still captures my heart. Because he calls me daddy still. I mean, in front of all his strong, you know, brawly motorcycle friends, he'll call me daddy, which throws me off. Because you don't hear that from an 18-year-old kid, you know, because mostly you try to be cool and what's up, pop or old man or, you know, nope, daddy, daddy. It just, you know, all the time gets me. I mean, right now I'm all bawling my eyes out now, you know, gets me. His sister Liga, next slide. She is the 25-year-old woman trapped in a 14-year-old body. How many know what I'm talking about? How many have daughters? Yeah. She is so wise beyond her years. She loves the Lord. She is the one that has become come to faith in the Lord. And, and uh, I took her once with me to an outreach, and I, I was shocked as she's witnessing to this teenager about Jesus. I was like, wow, this girl is going to be an evangelist, you know. Strong, smart, creative. Uh, the Lord's got her hand, his hands on her. And I, I've really come to learn that girls need their dads. They really do. Because there's a little saying I learned. A dad is a son's first hero, a daughter's first love. And I've seen that come true. Next slide. She is... 14 in eighth grade, and um, can't wait to see her. Smart as all get out. Both my kids love to make fun of my age. <laughs> you know, I turned 50 last November, and my oldest loved to say, called me half century now. And, you know, my, my daughter loves to remind me I'm not too far from the pensioner years, you know. <laughs> now, how many know that God likes to throw surprises at you? Amen. Yeah. And how many sometimes are not ready for those surprises? Amen. Amen. Well, for four years, it was just Krista Benliga and, you know, the school and the ministry. And, and I was happy with that. But God goes, oh, no, 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 no. You're not done yet. And in 2014, God threw, well, I wouldn't say threw, let me revert that. God placed the unexpected surprise child in my lap. Next slide. Mark, Marcus and Gracious. He is of the Romy culture. We would probably know that more as gypsy, but that's more derogatory. So Romy is the proper culture. Same color as me, which people are really convinced this one's mine, but he's not biologically. (laughs) But, you know, when I first saw him at the school, 
my first thought was, oh my gosh, that is me all over again because he's hyper, you know, he was zany, crazy, and I thought, oh Lord, the poor mother of that child. That's the person I said when I saw him because he was just uncontrollable. And in January of 2014, in school, he comes up to me. He was a little kid at the time. Comes up to me with these big brown eyes, looks up at me and says, you remind me of my father. Just boom, you know. And I said, was that good or bad? Oh, that's good. It's okay, you know. Well, he found out that I live right across the street from him in St. Gregory's Mission Center in Saldus. So like Dennis the Menace, who would pop over to Mr. Wilson's unannounced, every day after school, he would just show up at St. Gregor's. And one day I was typing on my computer, and he comes in, moves my hands out of the way, plops down on my lap and sits there and puts my hands around him on the back of the keyboard and goes, okay, carry on. And so I'm trying to type as this kid is lean, leaning on, my, on, my, on me, playing some game on his phone. And content. Next picture. He still sits in my lap at age 13. It's funny because he's now almost as tall as me. And again, I'll be the computer and he'll come in. His voice is now deeper now. Move my arms away. Sits down. He's talking to his girlfriend on the phone. I'm like, what happens if she found out you're sitting on your dad's lap? You know. But it's kind of funny, you know, that he, he, you know, he still wants to sit on my lap, you know. It's kind of scary at times, too. But, but um, I'm just blessed that this kid, he's the one that's giving me all the gray hairs, by the way. You know, he's the one that's going to really, what's the saying, push buttons you didn't know you have, you know, kind of thing. But uh, again, like Kristaps, his grades were kind of shoddy. And, and I found that with Kristaps and with Mark... If you encourage them and believe in them and didn't tear them down, they really will take it and do something with it. And both these boys, both their fathers, apparently were not the best fathers. And here comes this single guy who doesn't know anything about parenting, all of a sudden in the role of a father to these two boys, encouraging them, you know, challenging them, correcting them, guiding them, directing them. And watching both their grades go from this to A, B, and C, from D's and F's. And having teachers call me in and say, what are you doing to these boys? Because these are not the same kids we had a year ago. In fact, they're model students. What are you doing? And the only thing I could tell them was loving them unconditionally. That's all I've been doing for them. Next slide. So the Lord kind of placed me among two families to be a father figure or a father, literally to the kids. I'm their dad. They call me dad. And um, I'm blessed that the Lord has allowed me to be in that role. Never saw it coming six years ago. If you were to tell me six years ago that you would be a father, I would have laughed hysterically. But like I said, to the people of Lafia, to their families, the city, the town, the schools, they know me as Krista Benliga and Mark's father. I get all the calls at school now. If something goes wrong, I get the calls too, you know, even though I don't understand what they're saying, you know. <laughs> Next slide, please. Oh, you might just go ahead and skip through this part. This was our roof that we finally got replaced. We had, we had a roof made with asbestos, so we finally had to change it. Next slide, please. In six years, 
in spite of all the traveling in different countries I've been to, these three has been the biggest mission field I ever had and have. Out of all the awards I've gotten for music, out of all the places I've traveled, when it comes to these three, it was worth giving it all up for them. When I see the changes that have happened, when I realize they could have gone this direction, but because I said, God, I'll, I'll follow you wherever, and I'll do what you want, and all of a sudden you place me in the lives of three kids, and all of a sudden their whole lives dramatically changed because I love them unconditionally. What a difference. In Latvia, because there's still a former Soviet Union atheistic mentality that lingers there, you know, it's not like they're going, a lot of them are going to become Christians right away because a lot of Latvians, you have to understand, really are suspicious of Christians. Because they were told to be by the Soviet Union years. And Christianity came to Latvia by the sword. In 1212 AD, the Crusaders came and forced the Latvians to become Christians. But how many know you cannot force Jesus on people? They came in, baptized all these people, and then left. And then we've read stories that they jumped back in the water to wash off the baptism because they're like, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm a pagan or I'm a whatever they are at that time. So in many ways, my evangelism in Latvia has been one-on-one, heart-to-heart. Because they need to see it in action. They've heard the, the term Christianity. They've seen it on television and God the terrible things they see on Christian television these days. But for them to see a real live Christian in their home, in the school, in their life, is what's been making a difference in the school, in the mission center, and in these three kids' lives. Next slide, please. I want to close my time with you by sharing a song I wrote for Krista Bliga and, and Mark. You know, I wasn't there at the very beginning of their lives. God placed me when Chris was 12, Liga was 8, and Mark was 10. He gave me, he placed me in their life right at the teenage years. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what? I wouldn't trade this for all the world of what he's given me. So I want to close out this time with the song I wrote for them. And there's, it's a picture song, so hopefully you can enjoy the pictures. It's called I'm Here For You Now. I wasn't there for the day you were born I wasn't there to see you take your first steps I wasn't there to hear your very first words But I want you to know I'm here for you now Though my blood doesn't run in your veins 
Though we both have different last names I love you still just the same And I want you to know I'm here for you now So please be patient with me I'm still learning how to be a dad And how I thank the Lord for blessing me By making us a family We may argue and even disagree I'll make mistakes along the way But I'll admit to you when I'm wrong And even when you're older I'll be there for you I wasn't there for the day you were born But I'm here to guide your next steps I'm here to listen to all you have to say I am here for you now I am here for you now And there's pictures, just keep showing them Thank you. I got asked, well, what does Latvian sound like? So I realized, well, I didn't say anything in Latvian to you. So how about I do a quick worship song in Latvian? Would that be okay? And then we'll call it good evening because I'm sure there's something on TV we want to watch or something. MCI or whatever. Now, you might know this one in English, but this is how I sing in the Latvian. Atvara kungs manasirti Atariatsis mankungs, Lairatsu tevi, Lairatsu tevi. Atvarakungs manasirdi, Atariatsis mankungs, Lairatsu tevi, Lairatsu tevi. Lairatsu tevi akstipa, Guys, my travels good, it was true. Need. Do it, sparkle, months, kunks. But see, it's fat eyes, fat eyes, fat eyes. 
Let's sing this together in English. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. And I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Light as a TV. Light as a TV. Light as a TV. Light as a TV. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming out. Thank you, David, for sharing your heart and your family and your mission. Um, David will be here the next couple of nights leading worship. The, the theme of the next couple of nights has been put on Rich, Rich Day's heart. He really felt like it was a specific message for this church called Return to the Cross, um, and along the themes of the revival that we're talking about. Um, and so I want to thank David. I want to go ahead and a word of prayer, and we'll send you out. Oh, don't forget the basketball. What's that? Oh, yes. And David does have a table here with some stuff from his ministry, books, uh, CDs that he's recorded, and that will be here all three nights as well, but please visit him back there. Father, I thank you for this time together as a church family, and I ask that you would take this, um, I guess, David's mission, allow us to keep him in our prayers. Take this time that we've dedicated you, Lord, to uh, teach us to return to you, um, turn our hearts to you in each and every moment. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you.